If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to take a wild guess and say you're likely doing something else at the exact same time. That's the beauty of podcasts. We're talking to you right now, and there you are, walking the dog, taking out the garbage, maybe clipping your nails, whatever. You're multitasking. We all do it. We're busy people. This is why you got to give yourself one less thing to do, one less thing to worry about, and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. Lily loves it, and so will you. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. You want pizza? DoorDash. You want Chinese? DoorDash. You want those nugs with the sweet and sour sauce? DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NODUNKS. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code NODUNKS. Don't forget, I don't know why you would, I just told you, that code is NODUNKS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Sunday, August 30th. I'm J.E. Skeets and joining us here as always, Tass Mellis. Hey everybody. Hey Tassie, we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey yo! Hey yo! Oh, we've got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello! There he is and here we are. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. If you're looking for our Celtics Raptors preview and predictions, check out yesterday's podcast. The one we posted on Saturday, we got into it on that one. We did learn this morning task, Kyle Lowry is available for <laughs> game one, which tips a uh, few hours from now. Are we coming over to watch game one at your house, Tess? Uh, no, COVID rules say no, my uh, friend. Let's watch it outside, man. I don't have that ability. Mm. <laughs> How's that pause thumb working, though? Oh, always good. Always, always good. good. Checking, I'm checking, checking for all those fans out there. Yeah, I used to, <laughs> I used to check for Raptors home games to scan the crowd and figured I'd find somebody in those ten thousand suits that I knew. Once a playoff, I would find somebody. Once a playoff, <laughs> it would always pay off. It would always piss off the guests as I paused and looked for somebody, but it'd always pay off. Now. I'm not looking for virtual fans. Mm-mm. Uh-uh, not going to happen. No, no, that's too tough. <laughs> uh, later on today's pod, we're going to break down the Heat Bucks second round series. So stick around for that. But first, let's start with Saturday's games. Uh, we'll begin with the Thunder Rockets series. Harden scores 31, Westbrook returns. Rockets beat the Thunder quite handily uh, for the 3 2 series lead. Lots to break down, I feel, though, from this game. Who wants to get a started, Tess? Yeah, I'll get us started. 80 points the Thunder put up against this Houston Rockets defense that people were questioning coming into the postseason. And a big part of the story is Lou Dort, uh, OKC Thunder wing player that the Rockets are just leaving open. Hey, you shoot it, and it was not going in uh, for uh, the majority of this game. He was one for nine in the first quarter. He was clanking, clanking, clanking. He didn't hit a three all game long, three of 16 overall. And everybody focusing on that. He is supposed to be the James Harden stopper, but at the other end, they're playing four on five because they're really just guarding the other four guys with their five guys and letting mm-hmm. Lou Dort go. But at the same time, it was like the Thunder were playing three on five because Shea Gilgis-Alexander had mm-hmm. as many points as turnovers and Danilo Gallinari didn't hit a basket the whole game. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was a combination of a, a bunch of things. Uh, and, and then the Thunder somehow... Got back in this game with Dennis Schroeder coming back on the floor. They always get back from these double deficit, uh, deficit, double deficit, uh, double, double digit, digit deficits. Deficit, yeah, yeah. And, triple and, D. That always happens with this team when they bring Dennis Schroeder back onto the floor, and we'll get to Schroeder in a second. But 
I think just to try and solve the problem with along with Billy Donovan, I think he's got to keep Lou Dort on the floor. I think that's fine. I think you just have to mix it up a little bit. He has to mix up his game a little bit, get him involved in screen and rolls where yeah. you kind of have some things going on there. You got to kind of pick. But also, I think he's got to keep shooting the three. And if not, <laughs> it, it, it kind of works. Uh, kind of, He has to drive. Uh, like They are leaving him entirely open. He's got a lane. He can drive to the lane, and then when he misses, everybody kind of comes over and has to help off Steven Adams. Steven Adams can get an offensive rebound. I think there's a you, you can drive. There's a combination of things. And he hit three threes in game four, and everything was totally fine. I think if Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, finds his game a little bit and uh, finds his defense a little bit, and Gallinari is not an offer, uh, then we're not really talking about Lou Dort as much. But Lou Dort has the ability to get around the rim, uh, when there's a friggin' wide open lane too, so he's he's got to drive more. And again, because they're you know all over the place, they can recover and be late uh, when they're trying to recover, I should say. And then Stephen Adams can get some uh, some little chippies in there along with Lou Dort. But as soon as he gets in there and Lou Dort gets in there and starts passing, then that's not so good. It just <laughs> straight straight line for the bucket, and that's it. But but listen, Billy Donovan's got to get more creative, I think. Yeah. And, but I think you do keep him on the floor because the the rest of the Thunder guards and wings are pretty holy as well in their games. They're they're not they're yeah. not going to secure things. That was tough. I was thinking, is Billy Donovan going to pull Lou Dort for the knockdown shooting of Andre Robertson? That's how bad it got. But basically, there were four players for the Thunder who couldn't score yesterday in their starting lineup, and that's why they ended with 80 points. Like you're saying, Gallinari invisible. Uh, Dort was a brick fest. Steven Adams, he had 12, but like 12 points from Steven Adams just means he's grabbing a couple of offensive mm-hmm. rebounds and putting them back in. That's not actual scoring. And then, like you're saying, Tass, uh, SGA just looked completely shell-shocked. He was getting roasted on defense. He wasn't doing anything on offense. Chris Paul was having to uh, give him a few little talkings to, and it just didn't go over well. Shea's got to maybe be, he's got to be at worst their third best player, you would think, at least just doing things off the dribble if they're going to be playing a little bit of small ball, but it was just a disaster for the Thunder yesterday. Um, Tough night to be a homer. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Lou Dort, is no doubt officially Tony Allen 2.0. That is both the greatest compliment in the world and the biggest diss in the world at the exact same time because, I mean, Tass took us through it there. They're just leaving him. Just saying, we're going to let you chuck away, man. It's not a pretty looking shot. Your confidence is obviously shot as you miss, 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 miss. Um, And he's got to try something different. But use him as a screener. I think that is a great idea. And they actually did, Tass, like four minutes to go with the second quarter. I put in my notes because I had written down like, Okay, try something else. Don't have them just parked at the three-point line because that's not working. They're just leaving them. And yeah, you want them to keep shooting it with some confidence. You're open. You're an NBA player. You got to shoot it. But they used him as a screener, and it was beautiful. He slipped it. Dennis Schroeder, nice pass, and he scored a nice, simple little layup. I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. Because he I does guess have you can to do that more there. often, though, when Steven Adams isn't on the floor. Yes. Adam, Adams wasn't yes. on there, or else they're getting in each other's way. But yeah, you can have four spread with yeah. Lou Dort basically as your center for sure. Yeah, um, and another thing we had talked about was this Thunder team, and, and Trey, again, you like perfectly went through the uh, box score, really, and all these guys giving them offers. I mean, they don't have the guy. We said they don't really have the guy that can like, okay, I got us tonight. I'll get us to 40 or 50. It's not Chris Paul. Even Schroeder, you know, is going to cap out around the 30 mark, and again, we'll get to his incident. But yeah, all these guys just picked the exact same night to just disappear, especially SGA and Gallinari. I wrote, I tweeted, is Gallinari playing? Like the first quarter went by and I hadn't even like noticed he was out there. The name, his name wasn't mentioned and people were like, well, he did lose his shoe. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's the one thing Gallinari did all game. He lost his shoe and then he couldn't even put that on all that uh, quickly. Um, one point in 22 minutes, didn't hit a shot and had four turnovers. I, he was, I was like, what is wrong with him? I know SGA had a rough game too, but like Gallinari, I was like, is he injured? Did something happen off, you know, away from the bubble? He was just... You wouldn't have known it was a game, a pivotal game five, Lee, with the <laughs> no. way some of the Thunder guys were playing. They really were just like, just like, uh, like zombies. Yeah. yeah. I felt bad for Spiro Dedes on the call as well because he kept saying Galanari, but uh, he wasn't really performing for him, so he couldn't no. really get into it. But uh, I think also, though, what we are probably not doing is giving the Houston Rockets enough credit because what I thought uh, yesterday was important when the Thunder took that lead and it sort of felt like maybe the Rockets offense had slowed down a little bit. Then Harden hits a three, gets it back in. But then in the second half, when they built up that lead, 
what I think they did better in game five than they did in be- badly in game three and four is they didn't just stay shooting threes. They drove inside and they True. can score any time they want inside. Eric Gordon got a ton of layups and James Harden actually got some quite easily as well. And I think that's the other point about the Thunder is their offense, while it was awful yesterday, their defense outside of Dort was not much better. The uh, Rockets had so many uncontested or wide open looks and they knocked them in. And I think that's the key with the Rockets. The point I was trying to make the other day is they need to find a way to keep the scoreboard ticking. Because in, the, in that game four, when they fell apart, they just the, the three point wasn't going in and that was all they were doing. In this game, it was like they built that lead up to six and then to eight points. And then if the Thunder scored, then they'd go back to another layup and just sort of keep that uh, lead in that sort of buffer zone. And I think that's the sort of variety that they need a little bit more of in their offense. And uh, if they do that, they're going to win game six easily if they just continue to drive because there was no resistance. Uh, Steven Adams, I mean, you know, he's out there because he's supposed to be the big and he's supposed to be sort of deterrent. He was awful yesterday. And uh, as I say, no one from OKC, I thought, showed any resistance to Houston. So a very convincing win. Uh, and I did think they mixed up their game enough to to basically take it out of OKC's reach because those guys as well, when you mentioned, you know, Alexander was bad yesterday. Chris Paul, he's the guy who is capable of going for 35 still, but you just don't want that to be your offense. You need the younger guys to do it. And, uh, and that wasn't happening. And when they were down big, they just weren't able to get back into the game like they were in game three and four because Houston didn't give them that, that opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, it's tough. You're right. I mean, did we gloss over how well the the Rockets played? It just felt like the Thunder were also giving them the ball half the time. Uh, I mean, yeah, at the start of the man, second yeah. half, it was like a Covington three, two brutal Dort turnovers where he just gave them the ball. And then you're right, a few Rocket layups because they were attacking. That was an 8-0 run, timeout, and then that continued. It was a 19-2 run and then the game was basically over. Um, but you, you are right. I mean, Harden had a great game. He played, he played another phenomenal game. Like, we just we hold like his box scores are so insane that he has a normal I guess normal it's still a great box score and you're like we don't even we don't even mention it but what do you think of Westbrook Trey um, you know he's seven point six boards seven assists in limited minutes which was the game plan what do you think did uh, did him just being out there help the Rockets or was this just a case of the Thunder playing like garbage in Game Five. Uh, both. I think having Westbrook back is just a little bit of an emotional boost uh, for Houston. You know, we talked about early in the series, it seemed like he was having an effect on the sideline, getting everybody going and getting everybody fired up. But eventually, you want him to play. The problem is that even before he was sitting with an injury, he was sitting to rest that injury. He's played one game since August 4th. Now he's played two games. And last night, or yesterday, I don't even know. remember what time this game was on yesterday. <laughs> uh, he was rusty, and that's fine. You know, if you don't play... NBA basketball for a month and then you go into the playoffs, it's going to be tough, but having him out there is just another guy who can help you on the glass, who can give you a threat of somebody to create off the dribble and can raise the intensity a little, a little bit. You know, he shot three for 13. That could be a, a Westbrookian kind of night where you lose a game, <laughs> but on a night where everybody else has it going, it's not a big deal, you know. 11 for 15 for James Harden. Dort was making it tough, but Dort was also getting roasted. And then mm-hmm. Eric Gordon, 9 for 17. It looked like he could get to the rim anytime he wanted. Yeah, the bowling ball, Eric Gordon, when he gets going, it's, it's the guys bounce off him. Yeah, you're right. Westbrook just gave them the spark, I think, Mike Dan, Mike D'Antoni talked about after the game. He had one, like, really early in the game, like, Brody in transition, Adams backpedaling, stop, pop, splashed it. But, yeah, otherwise he sort of struggled with the shot, but he set guys up, and he just gets them going. Like, And then the and then the threes, like, they, they, they happen in rhythm a little bit more, Lee, when you can get down the floor a little quicker because Westbrook's pushing it and guys are getting to their corner spots and it's it's pinging around a little bit more and you're a little mm. bit more in rhythm with some of those shots or attacking. Okay, let's get to the uh, incident between Dennis Schroeder and P.J. Tucker. Both guys getting tossed. Uh, Tass, do you think we will see a suspension coming down from the league for either of these guys? Now, Schroeder, after they looked at it, the uppercut to the nuts, and then P.J. Tucker with the very soft gentle headbutt from behind that was enough to warrant ejection but will either guys get a game here what do you think I don't think so and I hope not because that would be the end of this series if Dennis Schroeder gets suspended specifically it's done Uh, there there's no way that OKC can make game six a game six without Dennis Schroeder and I think PJ Tucker's headbutt was gentle enough (laughs) and it was it was almost after 
like five seconds of jawing at the back of Dennis Schroeder's head. Like he was talking to Dennis Schroeder's head. Nice haircut, nice haircut, nice haircut. I like your hair. I like the way you've got that fade going. Which barber from here in the bubble did you get it done? Uh, and, and then he gently bumped his head. So it wasn't it wasn't an egregious, I'm coming at you type of headbutt. Sure. It, was, it was questionable on both sides. Uh, did they know that Dennis Schroeder punched him in the nuts when they went to go check on the flagrant foul from... P.J. Tucker or for the flagrant act from P.J. Tucker? I don't think so. They just saw it afterward. Mm. And does that matter when it comes to suspension? Probably not. But uh, I, I just I don't think that was enough. And it was uh, it was it was crazy. I, I didn't see it whatsoever. Uh, it sure seemed like it was intentional after the fact that Dennis Schroeder hit him down there. But I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, the really reason I ask of whether or not you think it would get a game for Dennis Schroeder for the for the uppercut to the nuts is, and Larry Luke, our friend Larry Luke, pointed out on Twitter, Dennis Schroeder in like his fourth or fifth game with the Hawks way back when got a game for sort of squeezing slash punching De- uh, DeMarcus Cousins in the groin. And the league gave him one. Now it's a regular season. Uh, he's basically brand new to the league. Maybe they're trying to send a message to him. Hey, we don't do that here. <laughs> but I, I, I'm with you. I don't think ultimately either of these guys get a game, and nor do I think it's warranted. I almost would say tossing them both was like maybe... Uh, oh, come on. You guys are too... A little harsh. You guys are too uh, nice when it comes to people punching other people in the nuts. This is the second <laughs> nut smack for the Thunder this series, this is the second in Dennis Schroeder's career. He's obviously learning from Chris Paul, who punched Ben McLemore in the nuts and has a history of nut punching in his uh, in his career, dating back to his college years. Uh, you can't punch other players in the nuts. You should at least be kicked out of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if Schroeder's suspended, and that would be a problem for OKC. He's been their best player so far. Well, guys, do accidentally punch people in the nuts. Was Dennis Schroeder's an accident? I'm just telling you. I mean, many guys have been kicked in the nuts and not immediately ejected, so it does happen. I was more saying saying Tucker, by the way, I don't think warranted an ejection for what he did. But uh, I don't think they're going to get a game. Lee, do you agree? What? Yeah, I think they do survive this one because, uh, you know, if you go back to the Giannis headbutt in the regular bubble season here where he kind of walked up to uh, Mo Wagner and smacked him right in the head, in this case... I think PJ was like, hey, you got me in the nuts, man. And Dennis Schroeder was... Turn like, around and face me. Yeah, exactly. And he sort of... He gave him a little butt. I think I think the ejections was probably enough. And I think the uh, it, w- it would be a little bit too extreme, I think, in this case, to suspend them both. But the Dennis Schroeder one, because at first, I wondered why PJ Tucker was so upset. I thought he, he was accusing Schroeder flopping because I didn't see it on the initial right. one. But then Schroeder does like it's a it's a weird sort of way he gets his arm up under there and uh, and, and gets PJ right in the tuckers. So uh, <laughs> I think um, the PJ's response, and I think this is what is important. If you get hit in the nuts, I think it's fair to go up to the guy and say, "Don't hit me in the nuts," you know, like like come on, man, what are you doing here? So, uh, but I, I think uh, when they looked at it, they thought, well, we have to suspend. We sorry, we have to eject PJ because he did headbutt him. He yeah. did do it. But we also then have to throw out Dennis for hitting him in the nuts. And I think that's where they'll end it myself. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, I've said, you know, like the, the Giannis one, I thought he should have gotten two games. And history tells us a headbutt tends to get you one game. But I think the ejection will end this one here. Tass, sorry, I thought you were going to jump in there or say something. Well, I, I know the, the Thunder were playing terrible in that third quarter, even when Dennis Schroeder was on the floor before getting ejected. But that was the death knell of this game. That was the end of this game as soon as Schroeder was, was kicked off the floor. And I'm personally, I'm being uh, selfish here. I want game six to be a game. I mm-hmm. want it to, to have some sort of merit. There's no doubt Schroeder went after uh, it. PJ Tucker's testicles, no doubt about it. I'm but why sure do I, guys? Why do guys do that? that that's what I don't understand. Well, because you're a guard and you get picked yeah, off. But, but, and you're, that's, that's like he was like you didn't notice when he did it live, right? Yeah, He's I trying know. to do it slyly, and he got by. Like he did yeah. get by, unless, unless if, if they did. If PJ Tucker didn't go up to him, then, then it probably wouldn't continues. have been reviewed. Yeah, because it was a, it was an offensive foul on Tucker. Was the call? He he, right. he screened. To, he so it would have just been that. But yeah. but it's I mean the one with um, Chris Paul that Trey referred to there on Ben McLemore, like he whacks him in the nuts. It's like what are you doing? Like yeah, and, uh, I mean see I don't think that one to me was not intentional. That was the classic push off. Yes, yeah. like I'm creating room and I hit you in the nuts. I, I could have hit you in the stomach. I could have hit you. You're right. He goes too low. Um, and he's and he gets them. Um, yeah. I just don't think that one was intentional. This one does seem a lot more. You're right. It's like I'm gonna send a little bit of message. You're like moving on the screen here. You're obviously gonna try and lay me out. All right, I'll come up and an uppercut you, mm. and hopefully he doesn't get caught. And it didn't, like you guys said, unless PJ reacts. So, 
you know, that's how important Dennis Schroeder is, though. It's it's wild to oh, think yeah. that this was a three point game at half. The way Lou Dort was chucking, the way Shea Gildas Alexander had an offer in the first quarter, the way Gallinari had an offer in the first yeah. quarter, but they fight back because Schroeder had a 19 point first half, and then they have. Basically, as many turnovers in the third quarter as the Rockets did the whole game. And we got to praise the Rockets for only having 11 turnovers uh, throughout the game. James Harden's line is ridiculous, shooting 11 of 15. But OKC just gave it away over and over again that one quarter. And, and so it would have been hard to come back, even with Dennis Schroeder, uh, him being their best player this whole series. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally being selfish that I want to see him back. If he gets suspended, uh, uh, that would be understandable. It, it would be understandable because it, it's... You that you're playing basketball, you're getting picked. You can't hit somebody's testicles because you're frustrated. It's just, <laughs> I mean, and I, he was probably frustrated with his team. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, yeah, Larry Luke, thank you for that callback for saying that he. <laughs> this is his second shot uh, to somebody's testicles because it is. It's becoming. If it's a habit, he's going to get uh, yeah. reputation suspensions. Well, but again, the cousins one's more of a honk. Is it worse to honk or is it worse to, to punch? <laughs> or are they the exact anything, same? Anything. Anything. Yeah. Don't hit people yeah. in the nuts. Don't yeah. honk them in the nuts. Problem solved. No, Don't I'd rather you, I'd rather you honk you me it. in the nuts. I, I, When's the more, last time you got hit in the nuts? You're always saying it's fine for guys to get hit in the nuts. It makes me think it's been 30 years. It uh, probably has. Yeah. I mean, I'm too quick. You can't hit me in the nuts. Um, When was the last time? I think playing baseball. Probably taking a, a baseball to the nuts is the last time I took it. So it's been a long time. Guards yeah. always we threw the baseball big out. guys. Always hitting big guys in the nuts, too. You notice that, right? Yeah. It's never a guard hitting another guard in the nuts. Well, yeah. wait, who did uh, Chris Paul pop? Mac, who was, Mac Lamour. That was Mac He's a four. He's a four for the Rockets. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's a big on the Rockets. Maybe that's the uh, loophole Chris Paul's figured out, yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll see whether they get a, or not they get a game. I don't think they will, um, but it may not matter anyway. I mean... Oh, it matters to the Thunder, but I mean, even if Shooter's playing, they're going to need better performances from all of their guys uh, yeah. to uh, to give us a Game Seven. And, and the Rockets, of course, have Westbrook back, and like Trey said, he should probably feel a little bit better for Game Six. Maybe even gets more minutes. You see, who knows? All right, let's uh, quickly get to the second game uh, that I wanted to touch on. We'll get to the Bucks Magic before we set up the Bucks Heat second round series. But LeBron and AD advance with the one thirty one to 122 victory over the Blazers in the nightcap. No Damian Lillard. McCollum put up a fight. Melo put up a fight. Uh, Just too much LeBron and AD, Trey, in the end. Yeah, 100%. Too much LeBron and AD. They combined for 79 points. uh, 43 for Davis. That's his best in the postseason so far. He had 11 straight in the fourth quarter. That really put the game away. LeBron was splendid again. 36, 10, and 10. Some crazy passes he was throwing last night. He looked locked in. Uh, setting up the highlight assists. And KCP actually had a pretty nice game. Four threes, hit a couple of clutch ones, I thought. But honestly, to me, this game, the main thing I took away was major shout-out to the Blazers. They're all wearing headbands out there to honor Cliff Robinson. That was great. Down to nine players with injuries to Lillard, Collins, Little, Gabriel. They ran out two guys named Jalen that I had never heard of. (laughs) There were two guys named Jalen suddenly playing playoff minutes for the Blazers. But they never quit. 36 Mm -hmm. for C.J. McCollum, playing on a broken back. Huge minutes, mellow 27 in 40 minutes, and nice games from Gary Trenton, Anthony Simons, uh, Anthony Simons, sorry. They competed all night. They trailed by 14 in the third. They battled back. They tied it in the fourth. It was a fun game. Uh, it just came down to the fact that one team had two All-NBA players, and the All-NBA player for the Blazers was back home. Uh, mm. But, you know, it was a fun, it was a fun bubble for Portland, and yep. even the way it ended with no Lillard, uh, they still really showed up to play last night. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's really all you can sort of take, I think, from this game. In the first half, it was close, and it just sort of felt like the Lakers were like, are we going to have to actually try in this second <laughs> half just to finish this game off? Because, you know, coming in without Lillard, you can understand if the Lakers thought, we're probably going to blow this team out. They're going home tomorrow. This is the end of their season. But it wasn't that way at all. You know, they, they fought, and a credit to Derek, Terry Stotts to get his team. They always play hard, even when they're outclassed, as they were last night. And, uh yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough end for the Blazers because they had such a great bubble. And, um, you know, hopefully next season they, they are back to where they were because without Nurkic for the most of this season, they clearly missed him and they're clearly a better team when he's on the floor. So when you have the, the three of McCollum, uh, Lillard and Nurkic, you know, that's a good three foundation pieces there. So if they can get some other players around them, if Gary Trent can continue the bubble season that he had, then, uh, then there's some things to be excited for in Portland. But 
on this night, on this occasion, uh, you, you just sort of felt that the Lakers had this game whenever they really wanted it. And in the second half, it took a bit of a push from them, but uh, they just got there in the end. Yeah, Tass, you weren't that far off with your mellow going for 40 prediction. He, uh, that was you, right, the other day, but 27. But McCollum, too. I mean, God, that guy was... That guy went down with a fight. I mean, he was attacking like three guys inside at times and somehow flipping it up and the thing would drop. Just uh, put up a hell of an effort. But yeah, AD went down. And when he went on that 11-0 run, it was game. Because it was close. I mean, the yeah, Blazers, yeah. I think you're right. I think the Lakers were like, yeah, they'll probably, at one point here, they'll just roll over and die. And they mm-hmm. want to go home. And they just wouldn't. And then you're, yeah, they were like, well, damn, we got to play hard. I thought Caruso made some great defensive plays late mm-hmm. in that game too to, to spark a bit of that Lakers run. But anything to add to this one well the lakers are the lakers i think that's what we should take from the first round they got better as the series went on and they realized yeah damian Lillard's not in this game we can just close it out when we want to close it out and they ended up doing that despite the great fight from cj nice to see him uh play the way he's capable of playing and all the other guys playing up to uh to their potential but the lakers that we were worried about after game one and after all the seeding games uh have got yeah, Anthony Davis playing ridiculous basketball. He's hitting. He hit sixty eight percent from mid range uh, this this round when he was thirty five percent in the regular season. Is that just uh, a little bit of bad luck for the Blazers? Bad matchups, or is AD just stepping up to the moment? I think it's a, a bit of the the latter. Like he is playing to his capabilities. He has been uh, pushed to the number one spot by LeBron. He's trying to push him, and I think Anthony Davis is really living up to the moment. And uh, LeBron and and the leadership on that team is pushing guys like Caruso, who's playing great defensively, KCP, who's playing great defensively. They didn't really miss Avery Bradley and Kyle Kuzma as well. So they've got a team now. Uh, and it was something that people were questioning you know, like 10 days ago, but they look like the Lakers. And LeBron didn't wait around to give us the uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, you know, salute the Wakanda forever. Did it in the pregame. We thought he might do it after a big shot or a big dunk or something like that, but he does a pregame, drops it there while he's taking a knee. And Tass, I just want to say too, I know you must have liked this. The Lakers announced before the game that Staples Center will serve as a voting center for the upcoming general election. And you can cast your ballots at the arena from October 30th to November 3rd, and you can use it as a drop-off site too for ballots. I know you've been sort of keeping track of that on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to do it. All 29 arenas are going to end up having it, whether it be in their arenas or their practice facilities. Well, There's hold on. Rules. The There's Raptors so many rules in counties. Right. Oh, yeah, the Raptors. You're yeah. right. That doesn't matter. Um, but they, what are the they, Celtics, what they are the should Celtics, do it as well. What are the Celtics doing? Because I saw they, they said they can't use their arena for some reason. Yeah, there's a lot of different uh, county rules. Uh, mm. but I'm not. I'm not sure. What, but the Pistons, for instance, aren't offering the arena, but they're allowing their practice facility right. as an option. Uh, yeah, there are workarounds. Sometimes you can't do it on election day. You can only do it for early voting a couple weeks prior. So many freaking rules. But the fact is that they everybody signed up to try and offer you know the large space that only makes sense. And hopefully it'll be uh, the case going forward. It makes sense now because in November. There's no basketball, uh, but hopefully, even though those arenas will be occupied, they just shut everything down. Election Day should just be a national holiday. Mm-hmm. Shut it all down. Everybody gets the day off work, and those those facilities should be available. It makes sense. And it was really cool with all of these games to see the NBA hold a moment of silence for Cliff Robinson and Lute Olsen and Chadwick Boseman, as, as we talked about there, uh, prior to the start of the games. Those video boards, it's when they came in, uh, yeah. used fantastically. It just looks, it looked, you know, it looked really cool with all the guys taking a knee to there and, and the three uh, three people that passed uh, behind them. Looked pretty impressive. All right. We are going to uh, get to the Bucks Magic game, and then we'll get to the second round series with their, their dance with the Heat. But first, quick word from our sponsors. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a couch. I would buy you a couch. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, I'd go to burrow.com for your couch. Maybe a nice Chesterfield or an ottoman. If I had a million dollars, I'd buy your couch. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
If I had a million dollars, we wouldn't have to go to the store. If I had a million dollars, we'd add a love seat cause it costs more. If I had a million dollars, we wouldn't fight putting it together. But we would fight, of course we would. We'd just fight more, even if Burroughs stuff is super easy to assemble and wouldn't give us financial anxiety cause it cost is so reasonable. We buy really expensive tables with it though. Ooh, that's right. All the fanciest designer tables. Designer tables are so delicious. Mmm, designer tables. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a green chaise, but not a real green chaise. That's cruel. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you some art, a Picasso or a Garfunkel. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you an Allen key. Haven't you always wanted an Allen key? If I had a million dollars, I'd buy your couch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If I had a million dollars, 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 if I had a million dollars. I'd be rich. Alright, few Whoa. notes here. B and L Barenaked Ladies, do not sue the athletic or borough. Okay, please. Couple footnotes. You don't need an Allen key to put borough furniture together. No tools required. And it won't cost you a million dollars. It's just desperate for an ad song to put together. So that's what I did. Alright, alright, alright. Go to borough.com slash no dunks to get $75 off your purchase plus fast and free shipping see site for details that's b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash no ducks for 75 dollars wow all right my next song is from a new album <laughs> no play the old stuff uh, play the old stuff i gotta sell the new stuff gotta sell the new album no, it's really close to my heart all right terry you ready eddie three two yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm lying on this couch just like Brian was. <laughs> um, incredible work. It's been one week since I ordered my couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tash, your voice sounded beautiful there, too, man. It's really uh, sounded yeah, it's, great. I was inspired by Stephen Page. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. Well, let's turn the Stephen Page against to the next ad here. What do we got? Yo. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny because, you know, many people thought that incident between PJ Tucker and Dennis Schroeder last night was a bad-tempered scuffle, but I've actually heard from someone down in the bubble that it was quite the opposite. When Dennis lowered his arm on PJ's screen, he was just checking to see what Manscaped products PJ uses. Turns out it was the Lawnmower 3.0 because that's the best hygiene tool for the modern man, which makes sense. PJ's a modern man. Mm -hmm. And when PJ appeared to headbutt Dennis, uh uh-uh. It was quite a noisy game, and PJ was just letting Dennis know that they actually just released, Manscaped just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on, their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, because the Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, which kind of match Dennis's hair there, and it includes slashed-tipped sweet tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium-grit nail file. Now, you're in the bubble. You know, you want to order all that stuff, or do you just want someone to send you that down in one big kit? I think that's what you want, isn't it? Because you yeah. got, you know, you can't one chew kit. your fingernails. Yeah. No. Mm. Anyway, the only reason they got ejected was because PJ had run out of the crop preserver, which is an anti-chafing <laughs> ball deodorant. And Dennis said, "Hey, I have some spare back in my uh, locker room." <laughs> and PJ was like, "Well, can you give me some now?" And uh, and Dennis said, "Sure," because the uh, the crop preserver is different to the crop reviver. That's the spray on toner, which you need after a game, of course, when right. uh, you know you've been out there going at it against uh, your fellow uh, opponents and teammates. Um, and it's made with that soothing aloe uh, and witch hazel extracts. Oh my god, that's so fun! It smells so great. So much fun to rub on there and spray <laughs> on and everything. <laughs> Very fun. Now, uh, you can all get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off 
and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. All right. Did you see there was a shot, actually, of James Harden on the bench at one point. I noticed his nails. Mm. It looked immaculate. So I think he got himself uh, his hands on this new kit there from Manscaped. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they looked incredible. Hey, LeBron sometimes gets the uh, nail clippers out on the bench there as well. So he does. Uh, yeah. He does, because, well, he used to chew them. That's right. Mm. You don't want to do that. Mm. You don't no, do that. bad habit. Bad habit. <laughs> Did you used to chew your nails? Yeah, I... Sp- Look, to be honest, sometimes I do from time to time. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's because it's just a, especially after you clip them, you know, when you just got to sort of tighten them up a little bit, you sort of. Right. And, and then it sort of leads. One thing leads to another. But, but here's uh, a trick. Put some of the ball deodorant on your yeah. fingers. You won't do uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, all right. Let's get uh, back into the games here. The Bucks uh, defeated the Magic 118-104. They take the series in five games. It's a douchebag sweep. I forgot to point that out with the Blazers-Lakers series there, too. Um, this was wild. I, w- I decided to go for a quick run when the Bucks had built the lead to, like, 20-plus points in the in the second half there. And I walked back in the door, and the Magic suddenly have it to three. And I'm like, what the heck? And I was like, okay, I got to take a quick shower, get that ball deodorant on. And then the lead was back to 12. And I actually put the game on the radio in the shower because I was like, okay, this one must be, you know, it's close. It was like Whoa. seven minutes ago or something. NBA League Pass radio. Yeah, it was great. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Marvin Williams was knocking down some threes and they built that back to 12. And then it was sort of sort of over. It's a game of runs. Um, but uh, Magic put up a fight. They just, you know, missing a million wings. Uh, <laughs> no one's playing for them. So this is now the third time, guys, the Magic in their last three playoff appearances have have done the douchebag sweep, Lee. Wow. Three times in a row, they won game one and lost the next four. 2012 versus the Pacers, last year versus the Raptors, and now this year versus the Bucks. Crazy. Anything to add from this game before we get to the Heat Bucks, or do you just want to jump right to that? They're, yeah, you're, you're making a funny face here. Like, like, uh, this wasn't a fun series, let's be honest. Even when the Magic won that first game, we knew exactly how it was going to play out. Um, just not a fun series. Like, I'm glad to get to the second round, because this yeah. one is going to be a fun Series, <laughs> they right, did fight. The Magic oh, did fight. Yeah, um, yeah uh, let me. I know. I know. The, the outcome was inevitable. There's. There's yeah. no doubt. My, what I want to talk about in this series is the Orlando Magic players have to leave the bubble immediately. They're going like 10, 15, 20 minutes down the road to their right. house, and they're out of the bubble. I wonder if you're, especially like a young player like Markel Fultz, after a couple weeks, you're at home during this this COVID situation. You're doing nothing. Do you go back to the bubble to watch some NBA playoffs mm. action? Do you go back and quarantine for four days to be able to watch the NBA finals in person? I think it's a fair question, especially during these times. I wonder if anybody goes back. Mm. <laughs> Not sure that's legal, but I like that. I like your thinking. You're right. What else are you doing at home? Who knows? Okay. Yeah, weren't they saying basically that Fultz lives so close he can text his mom to just have him bring stuff over? So, I think so yeah. <laughs> maybe he sticks around. He's like, the fishing is great here. I've got a lot of time during the day. Rip some lips. Uh, mom, just uh, send over some brownies or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Smart. they'll stay. Maybe they'll yeah. allow him to stay. I, I can't imagine they'll let you leave and come back if you're not on somebody's list. But yeah, if you said, hey, I just want to stay. I'll pay for my own room. This I'm place really is great. In, I'm really into these series moving forward here. Yeah, maybe Fultz can stay. Okay, so let's get to the Bucks' heat. Uh, game one tips Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Now, Miami won two of the three meetings from Milwaukee uh, back in October, then in March. So sort of bookend the regular season there. But the Bucks won the August 6th seeding game, though Jimmy Butler didn't play and uh, Goran Dragic didn't play in that one. So he'd have had some success against you know the Bucks in the regular season way back when. Um, before we get to our keys here, I just wanted to point this out. Saw the video on NBA.com this morning. It said, uh, inside the NBA, the guys, TNT guys, uh, Heat Bucks series look ahead. Oh, okay, I'll click on this. I'll see what they said. This was the video, guys. It was started with Shaq karate kicking a piece of wood in half. Okay. These are the keys to the <laughs> Heat Bucks series. Starts with this whole bit. It was very funny. Uh, Shaq, like, no problem. Just kicking, uh, appeared to be like a two by four. He chopped it in half with his big old foot. Then Chuck said, they got to the series, Chuck said, quote, I need to see the matchups first. But listen, it doesn't matter about the matchups. <laughs> that was an exact quote. And everyone was like, you just said you got to see them and it doesn't matter. So which one is it? And then, you know, the cherry on top of this uh, video, 
Chuck called Eric Bledsoe Eric Randolph or Eric Rudolph. I don't know. <laughs> Eric Rudolph? A pretty Rudolph. prominent player in this series, Eric Bledsoe, but uh, Emmy Award winning Chuck called him Eric Randolph or Eric Rudolph. And then was laughing because he sort of knew he messed up. Anyway, I love that video. Go check it out. What a breakdown. I hope ours is a little bit better, but maybe not. Um, keys to the series task, Heat Bucks. What are you looking at? I think the TNT guys are starting to get uh, extra delirious, just like we are uh, a little bit doing shows every day here. Uh, but I'll just come out and say it. I'm taking the heat. Uh, I, Whoa. Uh, Whoa, I, yeah, I think that the Bucks has, have not been convincing whatsoever in their five games while the heat were solid every single night, especially defensively. And I, I think the heat will slow down Milwaukee's supporting players. Giannis, he's going to be great. He was 30 16 and 6. Uh, 30 points, 16 boards, and 6 assists in that first round, shooting nearly 60%. But I think the Heat have a better matchup for him in Bam Adebayo. But I'm not going to say that they're going to slow him down because he's too good. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, this Heat defense, I think, is going to slow down Chris Middleton, who's supposed to be the number two guy, supposed to be the all-star. He didn't have a great first round. They tried to get him going. 15 points, 36% from the floor. And he's going to have Jimmy Butler on him. Is Brooke Lopez who was a little bit more reliable in that first round, going to be able to step up. I don't like seeing uh, this roster go 11 deep with, yeah, Marvin Williams and, and Kyle Korver can be on your bench. Uh, but if your two and three guys aren't getting the ball enough and aren't producing, then I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm. And I think the three-point shooting is going to be better for the Miami Heat. I think that's going to beat the Bucks. And I, I don't know what's going on. We've, talk, we've heard a lot about... The, the mental capacity for these guys or the, the mental fatigue, the mental struggle. Listen, sometimes the Bucks players uh, leave, having not having that home court advantage, it could be affecting them. And I'm not giving them an excuse or anything, but we just I'm just saying the way they're playing does not look anything like the Milwaukee team that played at home and was on whatever it was, a 66-win pace. Uh, maybe Chris Middleton doesn't feel like it's like home because he doesn't look like himself whatsoever, while a guy on the other side like Goran Dragic uh, for the Miami Heat, who's been an incredible scorer, uh, maybe he does feel it like it's like home, even more so at home than when he plays in Miami because he's hanging out with all his Balkan bros, uh, all the guys from the former Yugoslavia, the Yugosphere. Look at all these dudes. He's hanging out with Boban and the Joker and Luka. Maybe he feels great. Well, some of the Bucks don't feel all that good. I just cannot just jump to the conclusion that the Bucks are going to play great all of a sudden. So that's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm not buying in to the supporting cast of the Bucks. Okay. So you're expecting more of an Eric Randolph than an Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even mention him because I, I don't think if you're if you're relying on Eric Bledsoe, who hasn't been able to prove it playoff after playoff, then. That's a problem. Yeah, he has moments. Yeah, you're, you're right. The consistency of a Middleton, a Bledsoe, and, a, and I would throw in a Brook Lopez and, and his shooting it can be hit or miss, or at least has been in the bubble setting. Okay, Trey, what about you? What are you zeroing in on? Well, you hit on it, Skeets. Is he going to be Eric Randolph or is he going to be Eric Rudolph? It's impossible to tell at this point. No, I'm kidding. Uh, for the Heat to win this series, Jimmy Butler has to be, at worst, the second best player, maybe after Giannis. He's got to clearly be the best guy for the Heat because yep. he is a level ahead of Chris Middleton, but we need the full Jimmy. The defense has to be there. He's got to limit Middleton, which is something that Jimmy Butler certainly can do. You got to get his points at the free throw line just to keep the scoreboard ticking over. Shot four for seven from three in a, in the series against the Pacers, so maybe Jimmy Butler has found his three-point shot. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that that's something you need to rely on, but you do need Jimmy Butler putting pressure on the rim every single moment he's out there because that opens up the drive and kick game. For the Heat, and that gets them a lot of open threes out on the perimeter. Then when it's nut cutting time, Jimmy's got to pull a manscaped ad and be the best in the series. He's got to get the lawnmower 3.0 because he can be the best closer. You know, it, it can be tough for a big guy like Giannis to be a closer because sometimes uh, he can't get an entry pass or they're laying off him trying to challenge him to shoot from outside. Jimmy Butler has been used to having the ball in his hands in fourth quarters for a long time in this league and we've seen a couple of times already during the bubble that he's he's shown up in the fourth and won a game for the heat so butler's got to be huge butler's got to he's got to almost match Giannis, if not uh just severely outplay chris middleton if miami gets a win in this series yeah this one's tough because are we are we like collectively and some people i'm seeing on twitter are we putting too much stock into like what we've seen in the bubble setting right with the heat playing the way they are the bucks sort of struggling and are we forgetting, you know, that that 
unbelievable Bucks team we saw from the regular season, like Tess had the, the 66 win pace Bucks. I just wonder, like, is there a happy medium? Does it matter at all? Like, all that's old news. It's what's happening right now. How are you playing right now? So, Lee, where do you, uh, what do you think about that? And then, what are you watching in this series? I mean, that, that's how it feels though, right now, yeah. because uh, the Miami Heat shot 40% on threes in their first round sweep of Indiana, who, you know, they didn't blow them out. Indiana were a, a reasonable competitive team against them. But then against the Bucks during those three games, the Heat shot 44% in those three games on 18 threes a game. And the reason I'm pointing this out is because Milwaukee give up that three-point shot and, and Miami have got guys who can shoot it. Mm-hmm. You know, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Crowder hit a couple, Butler hit a couple. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes. Kelly Olynyk can come off the bench and hit threes. And they've also got Kendrick Nunn who played a handful of minutes at the end. He can shoot threes. So I think Miami's going to be like, well, if you want to let us shoot threes, we are going to shoot them as many as we can. And we're shooting them well. And we especially shoot them well against the Milwaukee Bucks. So I like that. And I also think there's a couple of factors going against Milwaukee in this series. Not having home court advantage then basically gives home court advantage to the Miami Heat because it takes away that advantage that Milwaukee would have normally. And also, there's a lot of pressure, I think, in this series on Coach Budenholzer because mm. he's proven to be a very good regular season coach. But like last season in the playoffs, when the Raptors changed things up, he didn't really have a counter. And in the past, with the Atlanta Hawks as well, again, you know, you can lose to a LeBron James team, but sort of Bud gets to a point where a system works, and then if it doesn't work, he kind of is like, well, I don't really have anything else. So um, that's going to be something I'm going to watch in this series. So... I think Miami's got lots to feel confident about. Again, you mentioned the two wins in the regular season, which was like a lifetime ago, but they're going to feel confident. They're going to play well against them. They have no injury concerns. Of note, Jimmy Butler, I think, picked up a bit of a shoulder injury in that last series, mm-hmm. but he's not going to he's not going to use that as an excuse. He's going to play. Um, they've got a closer in Butler. They've got a vet. He can close out Middleton. So there's so many things to like about where the direction of where Miami has gone so far compared to where Milwaukee's been, where it's like, we're still waiting to see that team from the Bucs um, that we that were so impressive during the regular season. And uh, I, I like Miami too. I, I think Miami's uh, going to feel very, very confident about this series. The other thing with Budenholzer, will he stop playing like 10, 11 guys? Like, will he go? Will he tighten up the rotation, nope. which you usually do in the playoffs, and give Giannis and Middleton 40 minutes? You say, no, that's, he's too uh, stubborn. I, I, just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he loves the... Uh the democratic type of offense. Everybody gets a turn. Everybody's going to play. Uh, it's, it doesn't seem like it's changing. I just don't see it happening right now. And I'm more worried about Jimmy Butler, you know, taking away Chris Middleton in a way he sort of took out uh, TJ Warren in the first round. Like Chris Middleton uh, hasn't been able to step up to it, uh, step up to the task here. And, and Jimmy Butler, if he's getting physical with Chris Middleton and takes him out of it, um, that's, that's a big problem. And then if they continue to play 10 or 11 guys, Chris Middleton isn't going to get a lot of touches. And if he's you know laying off a little bit, I think Brooke Lopez is probably going to get more shots than Chris Middleton, which is a little bonkers. But at least Brooke is stepping up to the moment and shooting a ton. Um, but yeah, it's it's worrisome, I think, if if you're going so deep. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, man, I can't wait to see how Brooke Lopez defends the Heat offense, though, because they run a lot of dribble handoffs for their shooters with Bam being the guy that sort of like hands it off, sets the pick. And it's like, is Brooke Lopez going to get out on Duncan Robinson's and Tyler Heroes? And, and even if Jimmy's feeling it and Dragic can hit the three, they run a lot of that. And you're asking Brooke to be way out there. So that's your right, Lee. Like, will Budenholzer, like, Will he go small? Maybe he says Brooke Lopez on that end of the floor is not working. You know, you like what you can give. He gives you on the offensive end, but like maybe it is more Giannis at the five, and and Marvin Williams as your other big. Like, and I wouldn't be surprised if Spo goes like to Kelly Olynyk as a shooting, uh, you know, big man out there too. Um, so, will yeah, will Bud just like does he just like dig in his heels like he's done before and like no. This gets us 60-plus wins in the regular season, and we're sticking with it, and our guys will come through. Or does he, like, switch it up a bit? Do you leave Crowder? Like, they're going to give threes, but it's who you give the threes to, right? Like, give Crowder the threes. Give Iguodala when he's out there the threes. Those guys can knock them down, but they're very, very streaky. And I'd rather them shooting a lot more than those other three guys in Hero, Robinson, and Dragic letting them go. But my key is, is the Dragon, because we talked about them all first-round series, how... Just incredible he looks. In the opening round, he was averaging 23-5-4, shooting nearly 50% from the floor, 41% from three. He hit timely bucket after timely bucket. Yeah, Butler's the closer. Dragic is right there. If Butler's the hanky, Dragic is the Dwayne Ward because that guy... (laughs) 
has a right now has is playing like FIBA Dragic. I've said that where he is just he's so in control and he's so damn crafty as it is. But the one thing the Bucks do well is with Giannis and Brook, you're not scoring at the rim, and that's fa- will be fascinating to see if if Butler can try and score over them at the rim or get to the line. But Dragic doesn't go all the way to the rim. He does these little things where he just like the little floater or he stops on a dime and then does a little turnaround and he he's like he doesn't really attack fully to the rim he just gets to the paint where he's really really comfortable with these little flip shots so I wonder if he can continue that and if he does and he can outplay Eric Randolph slash Rudolph slash Bledsoe then that's that's huge for the Heat if Drogic plays at this level paired with the Heat shooters and the defense locking in and trying to slow those other guys around Giannis down. Yeah, I'm I'm liking Miami's chances in this. So, unless there's anything else to add, we've got a couple of you guys leaning towards Miami. Is this a revenge series for Eric Randolph? Basically, Goran Dragic mm. and him were teammates with Phoenix, and Goran Dragic hated it, said, get me out of here. And then Eric Bledsoe eventually said, hey, I also hate it here. <laughs> yeah. Get me out of here. So, I don't know. They've got a little bit of history between the two of them. Maybe that fires uh, Rudolph up a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> Did Jimmy Butler and Middleton play a, a Bucks bulls series, too, back in the day, Trey? Or crazy? Uh, they definitely played 2015. I don't know if... I assume Middleton was a yeah, Buck at that I point. Th- yeah, I think yeah. they were. I mean, yeah, he wasn't the Middleton you know, of today, a two-time All-Star at mm-hmm. that point yet. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about the Dragic blood. So, I'm, liking Dra- I'm taking Dragic in that uh, matchup if, if they oh, do yeah. have some beef, especially the way he's playing. But, okay, Tass, you sounds like you're taking the heat. Um, how many games? Yeah, unless Giannis can overcome uh, his his teammates not producing, uh, I I think Miami's got enough. And yeah, the, the non home courts an equalizer for sure. I think Miami will be raining down threes because Milwaukee likes to give them up. So going with the hedge, I'm picking the underdog, but of course I'm going to say in seven. Mm. That's how you play it safe. Yeah, I'll take uh, <laughs> I'll take Miami in seven. All right, Lee, why don't you go next? Because you were also leaning towards the Heat. Yeah, I'll take the Heat and I'll give them six games. I'll say I I, th- I think they really. I mean, look, this one could blow up in my face for sure. And you know what? Great if the Bucks do that, but, <laughs> but because because you know there's been uh, this is definitely the sexy pick right now. People are like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is oh, the yeah. one. That he Lee, this feels a lot like the Thunder Rockets like uh, yeah, series yeah. going into that where a lot of people are taking the Thunder. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but I, I really do think this is again just a really nice matchup for Miami. They're going to shoot the threes. Yeah. They're well coached. They're well prepared. They've got a great defense and they've got a closer. And also, talk about that Brook Lopez. If he comes out on the pick and roll, and then bam, being as athletic and quick as he is, he's just going to go straight to the hoop, and they've yep. got lobs there all day long. So, uh, oh yeah, give me Heat and Six. Why not? Okay, wow. We got a Heat and Seven. We got a Heat and Six. <laughs> now, Trey usually counters. Uh, but where are you going with this one, Trey? Take me down to the creamy seat where the Bucks are green and the city is creamy. I'm going Cream <laughs> City, baby. Bucks in six. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Heat shooters to shoot the lights out every single game. Duncan Robinson, uh, his first playoff experience. Same for Tyler Hero. The Eventually, the Bucks are going to find a way to take at least one of them out of the series. You'll still get some some kind of shots, but... It's a lot different when you're getting 10 attempts and you got to make four of them than when you're getting three attempts and you got to make two of them. That's a lot of pressure for a couple of young guys. And I mean, I've been putting a lot of stock into what's happening in the bubble compared to the regular season. Yeah. But this Bucks team is really, really good. They can really lock down defensively. And hopefully that's going to be the case uh, for my pick. You know, I, I think uh, the Heat is going to definitely be the trendy pick. I think I would probably rather like to see the Heat win it. But ultimately, mm. I'm rolling with the Bucks. Oh, boy. I mean, look, it feels like it could be similar to the Raptors beating the Bucks last year, like where the Heat could replicate that to some extent. You know, you could slow down Giannis as much as you can. You can take away the other guys because you might have the better supporting cast. You can knock down threes and timely threes at that. You can sort of like squint and you can see why the Heat could win this. And again, even had success against them. And... I sort of like in a close game. The Heat are not going to blow the Bucks out. That's the thing. They really aren't. They're going to be close games in their wins even if they get a couple. But I like Jimmy. I like, you know, do you take do you take Jimmy over Giannis in a in, in a one point game with two minutes to go? Uh, you know, do, do you like the Heat and Jimmy more than the Bucks? Puh. I guess I sort of do. And I have no faith in Bud to give Giannis forty four minutes to give Middleton forty plus minutes. I think he's going to have to do it, and maybe he will, and, and shut me up. But uh, I'm going to go Heat in seven. 
Heat and seven in, in a really close game. I'm so excited for these two Eastern Conference series, obviously with the Celtics wraps tipping today too, and a lot of us saying that one can go seven. So it's the trendy pick, no doubt. Uh, I, I like your swerve there, Trey. Just like you convinced me, you almost convinced me again with the uh, when you got me to go to the Rockets. Hop on one. now, you're going to be right on that one. You could be right on this one if you Ooh. change your mind. No, this very second. No. I'm going Heat. I'm going Heat in seven. Ah, oh, man, just give us a seven-round series. That's all I really care about. Guys, we're going to get to Tweet of the Night. We're going to get to setting up today's game. Again, that Celtics-Raptors game one of their second-round series. But first, a word from Grammarly. We got a bunch of short names here on No Dunks. Trey Kirby, Tass Mellis, J.E. Skeets, Lee Ellis, Jason Doyle. We're talking 10 characters max. Mm-hmm. Not an Antetokounmpo or McConaughey in the bunch, but people still look like absolute idiots when they misspell our names. There's no A in Trey. Tass is not a spinning cartoon character, and Lee Ellis with two E's is either an actor, a surgeon, or an Air Force general. All of these foolish mistakes could have been avoided by using Grammarly. Whether you're communicating with your team online, working on a project, or emailing your favorite podcast, Grammarly is the digital writing tool you can always rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. It works across multiple platforms, including Gmail, Google Docs, and Slack to help you write, catch mistakes, and communicate confidently and clearly no matter where you are. 20 million people use Grammarly, and you can sign up for free to get real-time spelling and grammar checks as you write. If you want deeper insights on your writing, Grammarly Premium gives you advanced feedback on tone, word choice, punctuation, and more. I've been using the premium service. It's great. I especially like how GP warns you about all the superfluous, unnecessary, extraneous, unneeded, redundant words you may be using. No one likes a rambler unless it's an ad read or a Yeti. (laughs) It's the perfect writing tool for anyone who wants to stand out with every word, so harness the power of Grammarly on every platform by using their desktop editor, browser plugin, and mobile apps. Right now, our listeners can get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash no dunks. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash no dunks. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash N-O-D-U-N-K-S. Thought that was an Usher song for a second. <laughs> okay. Let's let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. What we got, Tassie? Uh, this was a very easy one. This comes from our friend Mark Spears, who tweeted about George Hill missing the national anthem. Bucks guard George Hill says he missed the playing of the national anthem because he was in the midst of his pregame ritual of, quote, taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then George Hill was asked about it. And he said, yeah, I've been doing this for, for uh, four Since years. Since I was born. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a little surprised that it's only been four years that George Hill has been doing that pregame. He hasn't been doing it for his whole NBA career, mm. but feels good to do it uh, for the last <laughs> four years. And that's why he's missed it. And he said, you know, you guys were in the hallway. And so you saw me. You guys were slacking off doing nothing. Uh, but I've been doing it year in and year out. So Mark Spears... Getting the scoops of the poops. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mark Spears. Well done. Well wow. done. I mean, that was easy. It was an easy one. Trey sent oh. that one out, and we didn't have that to overthink it. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yanis uh, overheard it, by the way. Mark Spears also tweeted. Yanis overheard George Hill saying that to uh, to the media. And Yanis and said, quote, man, that's big. I'm not sure what dump? he's referring Well, I was going to say, I, I thought know. you said you overheard Hill taking a dump no. and then said, man, that's big. No. Yeah, you you can interpret that many ways. I think he's interpreting George Hill saying it to the media that, man, you're revealing your secret about your (laughs) pregame ritual. That's huge. Uh, So, so, yeah, that's why he missed it. There was no protest happening. He wasn't missing the national anthem for any other reason other than you feel good after you lose a pound. I mean, a lot of athletes do that. Yeah, uh, I think that's a lot of people have their pregame routine like that. Yeah, but you know what's interesting about that, Lee, is like, 
the timing, I don't know about you, I can't just take a dump whenever I want. So, like, these uh. games are, like, moving around. Yeah. Like, you got a 1 o'clock start. You got a 6.30 start. You got a later start. It's like, it's a different yeah. every day. Well, I think you, you got to take control. Because uh, I can kind of schedule one like control. that. Schedule? Oh, minutes. If you if you have, you know, if you have a big meal and you know you've got something to do where you're going to be away and you're on the court, because you can't go halfway through the game or anything. Like, I mean, you can, but you can't, if you know what I mean. Like, you don't want to. So you sort of just, you know, you give your body a little bit of a nudge and uh, moves it along. You can do it. It's Yeah, it's you, know. yeah, you can do it. I'm sure you can do it. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, I hate it when it comes to like running races. When you run a race, they're usually at like seven in the morning. Yeah. And uh, you, if you're going to run a long race, yeah, you want to take a dump before you run that oh, race. Yeah. It's like I, but that what I find myself doing is I like I'm just going to the bathroom back and forth like four or five times at like six in the morning, like trying to coerce it out of me. I guess you're a little better at it, Lee. Well, yeah, I think I, I mean, like for me, it's any time you've got to go on a long flight or anything, or not even a long flight, just a flight. You don't want to be at the airport and have to use the airport facilities, or worse, the airport. Unless you're in Singapore. Yeah, well, unless you're in Singapore, that, then it's then it's like you, you hold on, you hold on for dear life until you get to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know it's it's just that routine so you sort of prepare yourself you're like okay i know i'm gonna have to do this and you just sort of get ready and you know you go it's, yeah you I can do it that, i mean some people can do it i don't think that's easy for everybody some people are like clockwork man like yeah almost to the minute you know every day <laughs> is when that's happening yeah i mean you're the thing about you is you're in and out too well, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> you can do it at a timeout no problem yeah yeah, yeah. I, if yeah. anyone could do it during a marathon i could <laughs> pop into a porta potty and be right back out in 10 seconds later I'm not oh, those, those porta potties like i've seen them at like music outdoor music venues and stuff like you've seen oh, porta potties yeah no, you know the, you know the, <laughs> you guys heard of these you know those big plastic things where it's like there's no yeah, porta potties yeah. yeah there's no running like on water the inside you open it up there's a toilet yeah, but it's just like, just oh hole. my god! Yeah. It's like that scene in Slumdog Millionaire, you know, where they uh they use that thing and it's there's it just goes down and it's like, oh god, it's gross. Just yeah. gross. H- humans are gross, man. We're gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we haven't uh, mastered porta potty, uh, you know, cleanliness yet, but no, uh, no. I would say it's better than it used to be. Yes, sure. yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Okay. There's actually there's actually a really good Australian movie called Kenny and it's all about that and it's uh, it's hilarious you should watch it. There's a movie about <laughs> like he's a, basic, basically <laughs> basically he's a um, that's what he does he's a he's a plumber but it's all about that. Uh, yeah, let me see if I can get it here for you. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm sort of intrigued actually. Oh, you would like I'm it. I'm hoping you're going to share your screen here and we can just watch this whole movie <laughs> See what's going down. Um, I thought that was a Canadian show, Kenny versus Shitty. Uh, <laughs> boo. <laughs> boo to that. All right, well, you look for this movie called Kenny that's about yeah. porta potties in Australia. I'll tell you, man, next time we do a movie review, we do a film session. Watch this. It's hilarious. It's right. actually really good. All right, all right. Uh, Tass, what are we looking at today in terms of games? Triple header, a couple round one games a little later in the day. Clippers in Dallas, game six, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. And then Denver, Utah, also game six, 8.30 Eastern on TNT. But what we're looking at here is the one o'clock Eastern round two, Mm -hmm. game one, Boston, Toronto. Let's get her rolling. Love how the NBA has not staggered all these games, so they have to... uh, you know, start at the same time. I guess that would be non-staggering. But the fact that they're not putting this off until it, it could have been off, you know, for several days here. Uh, but yeah, I guess the uh, the hiatus here, the last few days, has also kind of you know pushed these back anyway and got Kyle Lowry some some fresh heel slash ankles apparently. So uh, hey, what do you got in this series? I mean, has anybody changed their opinion since yesterday? No, you can't, right? <laughs> no. You can't change it. But uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I, this is going to be a fun series. I really hope it lives up to it because these are two very, very good teams, and uh, it, it's it's going to be fun. And it's good to get to this point where because some of those first round matchups, you know, they're not that exciting. You know, the Raptors no. in Brooklyn wasn't exciting. Talked about Orlando and Milwaukee. Uh, this one though should be everything. So let's hope it is. I, I'm actually just like you're talking about the scheduling here, Tass. Like them starting this one here today, starting Heat Bucks um, tomorrow. You wonder, like, it's going to be, it could be weird if some of these Western Conference series go to seven games, right? Like, we could have the Nuggets, uh, Jazz, it could go seven. Um, you know, maybe the the Mavericks pull it off here in game six tonight and they push a game seven. 
they could be those series could be very far behind. I guess they, they would almost be like two games behind, maybe maybe even three in the case of a of a Raptor Celtics series, which a little odd, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure, it, it is odd. But shout out to uh, the Eastern Conference teams for taking care of business in yeah. either four or five games, just getting it done. Let's get to the better teams here. Let's let's move on. But yeah, we've got we've got some good series. Those three series are still alive in the Western Conference. It's unfortunate Kristaps uh, Porzingis won't be around, but that was a great series. Denver Utah has been entertaining at times, and, and the Rockets Thunder could also go seven games. So yeah, the Eastern Conference series were a little anticlimactic, but mm-hmm. you know we've had enough. Enough juice, I think, so far. But, hey, you have 16 teams in there. That's what's going to happen. That's why you're going to expand this tournament to make it 20, 22. Just put the whole 30 teams no, in there. No, Just no, let it rip. Let's not do Okay, so what snack do you want me to bring over today, Tess? What, ta- what time you want us over there? <laughs> I thought you had that TV that you could take anywhere. What happened to that service? You used to have that. Yeah, it's called AT&TV. Uh, yeah. But, uh, unfortunately, uh, it's too hot outside. It's, oh. it's dead as summer. It's 95 degrees. I don't have a shaded area. <laughs> your TV's going to melt, eh? I thought about it bringing it over to your house, but it wouldn't work. Cable well, service wouldn't work. Actually. Ah, no, we don't worry. We can fire it up on the computer. No problem. Mm. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. All right, guys. Let's call it there for today. Email us your questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. Grab yourself a sweet No Dunks t-shirt over at nodunks.com. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Really, really appreciate that. Helps us in terms of the rankings. Enjoy the games today. Good luck to the Beantown boys even. I hope it's a close game and the Raptors ultimately pull it out. We will see you tomorrow, Monday a brand new episode of No Dunks. Join us live at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube. Make sure you click that little notification button on YouTube. Subscribe and then click that little bell button so you know when we're live. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, Thanks for joining us. And remember, the Canadian show I was thinking of was actually uh, Tim and shit not Tim <laughs> that that was the porto potty actually Lee do you want to tell us about Kenny I love you Sid 60 you want to tell us about Kenny the the movie Before yeah we well it, yeah it's a uh, there it is there yeah that's Shane Jacobson <laughs> um, it's uh it's just about a guy who does it for a living and uh it, it's a, it's a fun story it's I, I don't know how to sort of like um like sell it to you unless you go and watch it but he goes on a bit of an adventure he meets a lady and uh, yeah, it's just this hilarious. looks like the worst season of The Bachelor ever. <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, I don't know, but it's got a great tagline. He's number one with your number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sells itself. Embrace the day, people. <laughs> <laughs>